unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? It is Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Your place for the raw and unscripted show with myself, Christopher Roush, the place where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. And thank you once again for being here on the video cast. If you guys are listening to this on the podcast, there is also a video cast on this that we do every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. It is streamed across Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, so you guys can check it out. You guys can see my smiling face and my guest smiling face so if you guys are listening to this on the podcast thank you so much for that if you're enjoying the show please leave us a review we appreciate that as well but uh yeah we're here tonight uh the raw and unscripted every single week 7 p.m pacific standard time now going on we are on show number 130 is that what we're on we're on show number 130 which to me doesn't seem like a lot. It seems like I've been doing this a lot longer, but truth be told, I did uh, a live radio show for two and a half years called the kick-ass radio show. And so I did that one live um, on Mondays at five o'clock. And then I did that for uh, two and a half years. And then I, then I took a break and then I did, then I decided to do the raw and unscripted podcast, which we do every week. And then we do the unfiltered experience every Friday, every week as well. So um, there's no shortage of Christopher Roush and the things that he wants to talk about. So that's what is so extremely fascinating about technology today. And the thing, the thing is that we get to have these conversations, whether they're live or on the replay, you guys and, and, and me and my guests, we can all just sit here and interconnect and really help one another elevate the consciousness of what it is that we're doing here in the world to become brighter, better, more effective people in our relationships, in our life. And most importantly, in the legacy that we get to leave. That is one of the founding principles of the show is that you guys gather here every single week and I learned this as well. And it's basically myself or it's myself and my guest. And we're having a conversation over coffee or a beer or whatever. And the conversation is designed so that you walk away from it feeling empowered, feeling inspired to take one or two or three nuggets of what it is that we share and put them into play in your life. Can you imagine what your life would be every single week, 52 weeks, and you apply at least one nugget out of every single week? That's 52 nuggets in a year. Ladies and gentlemen, it's raining nuggets in here. I'm just telling you, it's raining nuggets in here. But can you imagine what the trajectory of your life would look like if you actually really did that? So let's be very let's be very intentional on that tonight. Let's set it. Let's set a plan. Let's set a goal. Get your favorite writing utensil. I happen to still like pen and paper. I have an iPad. I have all sorts of gadgets and shit like that. But I still like to write my notes down. I still like to go back and review them. So here is uh here is a tip for you guys tonight. Write what, write down what it is that that speaks to you. Okay. What's up? Good evening. Ray is in the house. Uh, he says, good evening, Misfits for Life. Thank you, brother Ray, for being here. I appreciate you. I love you, man. From here all the way, I think you're in Tennessee these days. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Let me know where you're at. I think you're in Tennessee. Um, so thank you, brother Ray, for being here. We got Deborah Hansen in the house. Uh, Deborah says, you never disappoint. Well, Deborah, I love you. Thank you. I'm just going to keep this right up here on the screen all night. So thank you, Deborah, for being here. We appreciate you. Um, and again, as you're watching this, if you have questions for myself or my guest, please go ahead and engage with us. That's what the, that's what the beauty of this, this platform is, is that we get to have these conversations. I get to put your questions up here. I get to put comments up here. Uh, and we get to have a good time just having a conversation. And tonight's going to be no exception. I want to dive right into the conversation. I'm going to bring my guest on here in a second, but I want to preface it with this. Um, no matter what has happened in our life, no matter what has happened in our life, good, bad, and different, we have the power. We have the power in any moment to decide 
that what has happened in our life has happened for us and not to us. And I know that seems a little bit crazy because I know that people have been through some extreme situations. But again, when we have the opportunity to change our perspective about our past, present, and our future, and we get to redefine our beliefs about that and redefine the truths of what it is, and if we're able to find empathy and forgiveness in those situations and those individuals and in ourselves, what would life look like? What would life feel like if you've got to let go of some burdens that you've been carrying around in your life for however many years you've been on the spinning blue marble through space? What would life feel like if you got to surrender some of that stuff and you got to heal um, the inner child in you to be able to move forward and be able to have more effective relationships, loving relationships, relationships with your spouse and your significant other, relationships with your kids and your friends and your family? Because ultimately, the purpose of, of my being here in this world is so that I make the world a better place for who I am and what I do. And that's why I do this show. That's why I coach. That's why I speak. That's why I write books. That's why I do all this stuff is it's my intention every single day to move people to think differently about their past, present, and their future, to be able to make this world a little bit better place for not only ourselves, but get this, get this for our kids and for our kids' kids. How about we do that? How about we realize that maybe it's a little bit too late for us to really enjoy what is going on in this spinning blue marble? And I know that's an overzealous statement, but let's think about it in terms like this. What do we want to leave for our kids? What can we teach our kids while we're here right now so that they and the next generation and the next generation after them look at the history books of what it is that we're doing now and they realize that we decided to take responsibility. We decided to take action for our lives and we started doing things that were a little bit uncomfortable, but were definitely worth the effort. So um, my guest tonight is Charleston Gaines. And I've had the pleasure of, of talking with Charleston at uh, a lot of different opportunities. We've been on Clubhouse many, many times. He's a part of my group that I do on Friday or on Wednesday nights, uh, the Clubhouse group for men. Uh, Charleston's been an active contributor to that. Um, just an amazing soul with a lot of depth, a lot of, a lot of insight, a lot of experience, a lot of passion, and a lot of love. He cares about people. He cares about you guys. He cares about us in the fact of being able to impart certain amounts of wisdom and certain amounts of, of strategies that we can actually put into play in our life is massive. So I'm excited to have him be here. Um, ladies and gentlemen, Charleston Gaines to the Ron and Scripture show. What's up, Charleston? Not much. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm rocking and rolling. I'm here in Southern California. I keep having these cold spells and these hot flashes here. So I'm like one minute I'm hot and one minute I'm cold, but uh, it's all good. How about you, man? Man, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm grateful that I could be here on Raw and Unscripted with you, man, and just you giving me the opportunity to share my message. I appreciate you, you know, and, oh. and even also being in the clubhouse room with you, man, you've you got my back from day one. Always, always, man. We're brothers. We're brothers, man. We, cause I mean, I just, I, and I always say it whenever you speak on clubhouse and, and you've also been on the unfiltered experience, my other show. And that's just, that's the power of your, of your presence, man, is that I just want to expose you to so many different people because you do, you have that heart centered soul, vulnerable aspect of yourself. That's not better than anybody else. You're not trying to, you're not trying to come off as being preachy or anything else. You're just, you're a dude like me that just says it from the heart. You just have an eloquent way, more eloquent way of saying it than I do. I kind of come off like a, <laughs> a caged animal. Oh, you guys want to get your shit together. Right. And then you're, you're, you're a lot more eloquent in that. So one of the conversations that we're having tonight, and I think you heard me as well, as I was opening up the show, and talking about the strength that we have to be able to own the responsibility and own where it is that we are in our journey, wherever it is where, I mean, I'm 52 years old, whether you're 30, 20, 50, 70, 60, no matter the age, we invite you guys tonight to be able to have this opportunity with Charleston and I to discover how to, to reconnect with your soul, how to repair 
uh, some of the damage that you believe has been done in your life. And Charleston, I just want to kick it off with just talking about the fact that there's so many people right now at the time of this taping, we're, we've been through COVID, we're going through COVID, you know, depending how you look at it. And a lot of people have really been awakened to the fact that either they're more of a victim than they really thought they were, or they're more of a victor than they really thought they were. And so talk to us about that. Talk to us about the mindset of what we need to, to recognize in ourselves that if we potentially more of a victim, than we actually perceive ourselves to be. You know, when you say that, you know, it's the idea that maybe you felt more like a victim or a victor during the last 18 months or so. But in reality, if you feel as though you've been victimized in the last 18 months, you've probably felt that way your whole life. Because you didn't all of a sudden have a mindset shift. You didn't, you know, in February of 2020, you were not thinking, I am responsible for my life. I am the owner of my mindset, my life, my happiness. And then in March, you decided that something else was responsible. And so when you look at your own life and you say, am I a victor or am I a victim? Am I surviving or am I thriving? That's a reflection more of your mindset than any external thing that impacted you. Now, at the same time, a lot of us experienced a lot of pain and trauma over the last 18 months or from people passing away from COVID, social unrest, um, and even me being a disabled veteran, looking at how the, the events in Afghanistan impacted people's you know, their, their minds and their hearts. But if you had the mindset of ownership before that happened, then you bounce back to your default mindset of ownership. So no matter what happened to you in the last 18 to 24 months, don't walk around blaming external events for how you perceive yourself. Mm. So how do how do they how do we how do we get out of that blame game? Because I know a lot of people. When I tell people, you know, first it's about being aware, and then that, that next the next step in, in in that is 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 to be is to be accepting of the situation. And part of that acceptance is sometimes people will blame. Oh, I blame my father. I'm this way because of my dad. I'm this way because of this. And and I'll never be any different. It runs in my family. All that other stuff versus being able to accept responsibility and say, you know what. All those things may have happened to me or may have happened for me, but I'm at this I'm at this point in my life where I can sit there and realize it wasn't my fault. It's my fault right now if I continue to be that victim, but it wasn't my fault to have those things happen. How do we get out of that blame game? Wow, that I, I just had 175 thoughts. <laughs> just 175. Yeah, it's just just all over the place because I tell you that when when you look at you know this happened to me, this is my parents' fault and those kinds of things. You can think that if if so-and-so hadn't done this, if my mom or dad hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have responded this way. And so my life is bad because of them, right? And so what happens is if you've accepted that, if you're comfortable with that, then you're going to continue to be like that because you've decided that your life doesn't suck bad enough for you to change it. And so you know, regardless of what anyone else has ever said or done to you, that's your problem. I mean, what someone did to you 25 years ago, are they going to come up to you now and undo it? Maybe they've apologized. Maybe they've forgotten about it. It doesn't even matter. You have to choose you. You have to choose your life. You have to choose ownership. And if your life is still in the hands of someone else, then what are you going to do? Go ask them permission for you to be happy? 
Are you going to ask them permission for you to stop hurting? Or are you going to decide that it's time to stop? And so when we talk about how we can change things, it starts with a decision. The decision is first. I've decided I'm going to do things differently. I'm going to live differently. I am going to be different. When people make that decision, I am going to be different. Quite often, the first thing that happens is the emotion side of their brain pops up and says, but you can't be. Mm -hmm. And so between their decision and action is fear and insecurity. So what they have to do, they have to choose discipline. Ooh, that fight change, I cannot change my whole life right now. What can I do right now? Like, if you want to be a millionaire, you're not going to go make a million dollars right now. What can you do? Can mm -hmm. you take an online course? Can you decide to start getting up early? Can you start to build your resume? Have the discipline to do what you can do now. Ooh. When you said that word discipline, I don't know if you heard me, but so many people, when you said the word discipline, they think, oh my God, discipline. We always think discipline is a bad word, right, Charleston? It's like, when you think about discipline, it's like, oh, I'm going to get punished. But I was thinking about that when I was doing 75 hard, I was doing the program 75 hard. I've done it twice now. And one of the things that kept reoccurring for me during that period of time was I'm increasing the level of self-discipline that I have to keep the promise that I've made to commit to this program. Talk to us about the, the failure of us to keep our own promises to ourselves. We'll keep promises to everybody else, but we don't keep promises to ourselves. What can we do to reinforce the, the, the absolute necessity of us to make a promise to ourselves and to keep that promise through thick and thin by having that discipline? Man, you're, you're setting us up for a six hour night. I'm letting you know. Okay. You. Right. Everybody get your coffee, get your, get your favorite drink. So first I want to go back to discipline where you said discipline can feel like punishment. Mm -hmm. When you choose to have discipline and continue to do something, and if it feels like punishment, that's because you're choosing to have discipline on tasks that don't align with who you are. Ooh. So if I want to have the discipline to work out enough to have a six pack abs and I hate it, well, then that's not who I am. I need to know myself better. It's one thing to say I need to get healthy. It's another thing to say I need to look good enough to be on a bodybuilding stage. Right. And so when the discipline feels like punishment, it's because it is. It doesn't align with who you are. Elevate your self-awareness and then get that alignment. And then what you said after that, um, what did you say after that? God only knows. That was a free-for-all, man. That was raw and unscripted, baby. <laughs> No, talk, talk, talk about talk, talking about keeping the promise to ourselves to yes, have that yes. discipline, right? You know, when I think about, I'll, if I make a promise to you, like Charleston, I promise I'll call you tomorrow at eight o'clock, or I promise I'll do, so, I'll do that because I have the integrity of my word that I don't want to let you down. But it's amazing how we let ourselves down. See, I've I've actually thought about this so often, and I haven't made any content around it, but I've been thinking about it for months. Ooh, here's your when time. you keep your promise to someone else, it has nothing to do with your integrity. It has to do with your respect for that person. Because mm. when you make a promise to yourself, your integrity hasn't changed, but your level of self-respect is not equal to your respect for other people. So you keep promises to people that you love, that you care about, that you respect. You keep those promises. Why don't you keep promises to yourself? That is a reflection of how you feel about yourself, whether you feel insecure, whether you feel like you're not worthy of respect, or maybe, maybe keeping that promise is scary to you. And I'm going to tell you this, 
this is something I, there's so many thoughts that I have all the time, right? But here's the thing. So many people don't chase their dreams because they feel insecure. They feel like they are unworthy. And if they were to pursue that dream and accomplish that goal, then they would prove to themselves that they are unworthy. They are afraid of confirming to themselves how little value they have. So before you begin to make promises and keep them, you have to learn to love and believe in yourself. That's why people make New Year's resolutions because they think about it. Okay, New Year's is January 1st. I have two or three months to get ready just to make a promise to myself. Not even doing anything because if yeah. it was that important, you wouldn't wait three months to do it. You'd do it today. Mm -hmm. So there's there's a lot there's a lot in, in keeping promises and failing to keep promises to yourself. And it's all about your level of self-respect, your self-esteem, your self-love. Oh, self-love. Don't get me started on that. I want to grab some of these comments. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my misfits for life. Ray says here, welcome, Charleston Gaines. Ray is one of our, our founding brothers. He's a definite misfit for life. We got Lynn Serrano in the house. What's up, Lynn? She goes, thank you for your service. Yes, definitely. Thank you for your service, brother. Lynn, thank you so much for being here. Appreciate you. Deborah says here, she goes, separation of family and friends because of vax differences has occurred to so many people. No one's fault. Just some people don't respect other choices. Deborah, yes, yes, yes. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to jump off on that. I happen to live with somebody who is massively for vaccination. So I hear a lot of her arguments and her pro arguments that she's doing on TikTok. So I hear that, but I also get it, you know, that everybody has their choices and decisions. And if I wasn't with her, I'd probably have a different choice. So um, yes, absolutely. But it's, you know, it's really just about respecting each other and saying, hey, listen, if that's where you're at in this journey, that's fine. That's that's for you. Here's what I'm gonna do to protect myself and whatnot. But you know, honestly, when it breaks apart families and friendships and things of that nature, I just, it just scratches. I just, I just scratch my brain. I just sit there and think about, was there really a relationship before, or was it just all bullshit? And this is just like the breaking point for people to realize that they're in a relationship they don't need to be in. We got, um, Deborah says here, she goes, it's none of my business, what anybody else thinks. Yes, yes, absolutely. It matters what you think, because at the end of the day, when our journey is over, the only person we're going to have to think about in and be with is ourselves. So when we're dying, we get to go back and go, Am I happy with what I did? Am I proud of who the person I became? Am I proud of the legacy that I was living right now up until the point I was dying? That's my that's my biggest fear, Charleston, is that when I go, I'm doing something that's not congruent with the fact of the legacy that I wanna live. So it's imperative to me to be always looking at how can I live that legacy? How can I, because I'm so passionate about it. You were talking about it before. If you're not committed to it, you're not gonna be doing it. When I created my legacy, that gave me a big enough why. That gave me the leverage to do things that were uncomfortable, to do things that were uncertain. So we're gonna talk about that in a second. We got Jordan Michael Thomas in the house. He goes, what's up? He goes, hey, Christopher, what's up, Jordan? I'm gonna get back to you, brother. I just got a million messages, so I'm gonna let you know about Thursday if we can do that. Jordan's here in Southern California. Uh, we got Robert Brooker in the house. What's up? He says, good evening, Christopher and Charleston. We got a bunch of hellos. My, my family here, they come on, they say hello, everybody. They say hello, hello, hello. Um, Deborah says here, I have to be accountable to myself. So Mr. Gaines, talk to us about a point in your journey, because I'm, I'm imagining there's been points in your journey where you're not have been so confident or self assured or things like that. What are maybe some situations in your life that have caused you to evaluate your own presence, your own mindset, your own confidence um, to change your life from maybe perhaps where it was? <laughs> wow. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring up the, I'm going to go back to the Vax anti-Vax argument. And so this person that has been like a brother to me since I met him in 1996. Wow. 
he and I are on opposite ends of the vaccination debate or whatever, right? And things are getting heated. And then I had to think to myself, right? Because there's a gazillion people, no matter what side you're on, there's a gazillion people online that agree with you. And I thought about those people and I thought, if I was getting my ass kicked in the street, would they show up and take punches for me? Or would my boy show up who I've known since 1996? And that was my answer to how deep I'm going to take this argument. Because it's like, dude, I know he would take and throw punches for me in the street if I was getting my ass kicked. If you agree with me on Twitter, that does not mean you have my back. Oh, I love that. I had, I had to choose. I had to choose people over data, people over information. Because I know who got my back. And I, th and I think, to, I think to that point also that, and I was telling this, we were out at Legoland this weekend and I was looking around and I'm like, you know, if you look at the news and everything else, 50% of us disagree adamantly, blah, blah. You know, if we sat here in a, in a, in a group circle and talked about it, there would probably be tensions and flaring. But uh, I said, if somebody was, had an accident or something like that, everybody would be around trying to help one another. Nobody would be saying, are you a vaccinator? Are you mask or no mask? Everybody would just jump in and help. And that's, I mean, that's, that's the beauty part about humanity. We can't listen to what's on the news and this other shit. We just got to have conversations with one another to be able to, um, to be able to understand one another a little bit better. I mean, that's what we're talking about here is being able to understand ourselves better, understand other people better. And I know for me, having empathy and having forgiveness for my mom and the situations that I've been through in my personal life that have got me to where I'm at today, I wouldn't be here if I had not put myself in her shoes. And so when I think about that, that, that conversation is like, I have to put myself in somebody else's shoes. What have they grown up with? What ideas have they been, uh, have, have their heads been filled in, you know? So I give them, I give them that leverage, like, okay, you have your beliefs. I have my beliefs and you know, the world goes on. You could do what you need to do. I can do what I need to do. But in your own journey, where have you had to evaluate yourself to be able to get on the path that you're on today? Cause I can't imagine it's always been easy. Man, there's, there's, there's so many things. Um, well, I'm going to talk about specifically choosing mental health. Um, and then, of course, you can ask me more on top of that. Sure. Um, but just choosing this journey. I'm, I'm going to tell you, man, this started, you know, this started back in high school. And, you know, one thing we were talking about, you and I had spoken about was how, you know, kids are not responsible. You know, minors are not responsible for the actions of adults. And so what I'm going to say, I'm going to give you a trigger warning. Um, it, it sucks. And it wasn't me, it was what was happening to someone else. But I had, I was dating someone in high school. And we were together, I don't know, we might have been together two or three years. But after about a year or so, she let me in on a little secret. She'd been being molested by her father. Wow. And I, I, she told me that there were times where she had to do things for him in order to get him to drive her to my house. Whoa. Yeah. And, oh. and need, needless to say, you know, 30 years later, that's still fresh on my mind. Um, you know, and then there's just moving forward throughout my military career. There's so many instances where people are just, they're hurt, right? Whether I've lost people to suicide, um, like murder, suicide, um, just people in accidents, hearing people's stories. Um, and then towards the end of my military career, um, I was involved in 
operations. We were in um, I was in I was in Italy, and we were doing the operations in Libya, right? So I was supporting that Odyssey Don Unified Protector, and with technology by this point in time, 2011, um, you could watch stuff happen live. And I'd already been caught up on the intel. I was an intelligence analyst, so I knew what was going on with the Arab Spring and the protests from you know from Tunisia to Egypt. And man, I didn't want to be part of the killing anymore. I I just didn't want to do it. I saw what was going on, and you could say these guys are good guys. These are these guys are bad guys. But I was involved in the killing, and I didn't like it. So when I retired from the Air Force. Like, I'm not going to be a part of that anymore. I'm going to be part of helping people. And then through this journey, I recognize that so much of our helping actions are reactionary, right? Like, so if you tell me that you are about to do something like extreme, oh, I will help you as much as I can. But did I not have an opportunity to help you a month ago? So how do we be proactive? And helping people heal, helping people turn the corner, get over the tipping point. And the answer is emotional intelligence, positive psychology, empathy, build real relationships. And when you build real relationships, internet arguments about medicine don't end those relationships. Ooh. Medical armies don't 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 ruin those relationships. Okay, so you said something in there. Um, I mean, there was there was a couple of things you had said in there. What do we need to do as responsible adults to to change the script that we've been saying over and over again about that blaming situation? About oh, I'm this way because of that. And say for instance, the instance where you were talking about your girlfriend. Um, what does that healing process look like for somebody? I realize you're not a therapist or a psychologist or anything, but what are some steps that we can walk people through to be able to reframe their perspective from being that victim for, okay, this is who I am. This is, I mean, we're, we're talking about identity here. And I know for me, I've had a few situations in my life where I've had to check my identity based on what I thought I was, who I thought I was, who I was supposed to be. How do we get people to reframe themselves to just see themselves for the beauty that they are and to forgive themselves for anything that they potentially could have thought that they were doing to inspire that negative action that that somebody had took upon them? Well, well, you know, the first thing I'm going to say is, you know, I'm not I'm not a therapist. I am an emotional intelligence coach. I can definitely help people dealing with trauma. However, if you have severe like PTSD symptoms, severe depression, you got to go get help. Right. There's things that I can tell you now, but you should know if it's severe. And if it is going to get help is a sign of strength. Admitting you need help is a sign of strength. Being vulnerable to accept that is a sign of strength. So don't let anyone tell you different. Um, but then suppose that you've been able to reduce the symptoms, but you still feel shame, still feel kind of worthless or helpless. Right. And it's someone else's fault. What, what can you do about it? Um, the first thing I go back to, again, is the discipline that I spoke of earlier, right? Um, discipline to take action, even discipline to do what you can now, right? I can't do everything today, but have the discipline to do what I can. But when we're talking about elevating your self-worth, I always start with values. Mm. So what are your values? What would you say are the values or characteristics of a great person? Or maybe you're a, a dad. 
So what are the characteristics of a great father? And I'm not saying to talk about your own father. I'm not saying to go back and think about all the bad things that happened to you or to someone else. I'm talking about your specific values. What is a good father? Is a good father kind? Is a good father empathetic? Is a good father a good communicator? Does a good father hug their kids a lot? What do good fathers do? Those are your values in regards to that role in your life. Now, have the discipline to apply those to your life. Align your values, your thoughts, and your behaviors. And so then, when you've done that during the day, right? I'm not going to be the best father in the world tomorrow. But the journey starts today. So Mm -hmm. tomorrow, I'm going to do that to the best of my ability. Then what happens is at the end of the day, you give yourself credit. You give yourself credit for two things. First thing is your effort. Give yourself credit for effort. There are times you were about to do something, but you didn't quite get it done, but you tried. That's a lot more than two days earlier. Give yourself credit for your effort and give yourself credit for the things that you actually accomplished. Today, I laughed with my kids. Today, when they said something that caught me off guard, I did not yell at them. Things like that. Give yourself credit for that. That is a sign of growth. Can you imagine if you're running a marathon? You're running a marathon, right? 26.2 miles. And after a quarter mile, you tell yourself, well, I ain't done shit. I must, I should quit. You're all, you just got started. You just got started. It's a long race. Strap in, get ready for the ride. And on that ride, on that journey, some days will be better than others. You have to hold yourself accountable. Don't judge yourself. Hmm. If you had a good day, that doesn't mean you're a perfect father. And if you had a bad day, it doesn't mean you're a horrible father. Each day is growth. Hold yourself accountable. I should have done this today, but I didn't. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do better tomorrow. And if I don't do it better tomorrow, this is how I'm going to respond. And so you have to hold yourself accountable. You can't judge yourself. You can't judge the quality of person you are. You have to look at the quality of person you want to be. What characteristics does that person have? Well, choose the ones that you can have today and then be that. Ooh, I love that. I love it. What you're, what you're talking about right now is the thing that I tell people a lot in my coaching is like, who do I need to become in order to get what I want? Like who do I, what person do I need to show up today? If I, and I was telling somebody this the other day, like, well, you know, sometimes I don't, I get one of the biggest excuses I get is I don't feel like it. I'm like, well, how would you feel if you already had it? Well, I would feel like this and I feel like this. Would you think that if you already had it and you had, and you didn't have that other preconceived judgment, like you were talking about, about whether you were worthy or anything else, don't you think you would get more of it? And most of the time people say, yes, I'm like, okay, so who do you need to become when you wake up in the morning? Who do you need to be in order to achieve that? Who would you, how would you feel? What actions would you take if you already had that? So I used to say, act as if, or fake it till you make it. I don't necessarily believe in fake it till you make it anymore, but I also believe in like asking yourself that pivotal question, who do I need to become today? What aspect of my growth do I need to focus on today? So that today I change a little bit about what isn't working for me or the things that are holding me back. For me, when I wake up in the morning, one of the biggest things that I changed about how my day went was setting the intention of what it is that I wanted to accomplish that day and who I wanted to be. To your point, thinking about kids, when I wake up in the morning, one of my intentions every single day is that I'm going to be present and playful with my son. 
That is my intention. I'm going to be present and playful with my son. So what I do, and I, what, and like you said, it's not perfect. Everything begins with that single step. And I love that analogy about the, the 26.2 miles and the fact that we're a mile and a half into it and we want to give up. It's like the same thing with walking. If we, we, if we would have given up, we wouldn't be walking. We'd be crawling around everywhere. So we have to make sure that we have that, that, that tenacity to get up every day and that, that, that excitement to get up every day. And for me, when I started setting those intentions, like today, my intention is to impact the world with the, my words and my actions. Today, my intention, that's really what started framing me for who I need to become in that day. So I would catch myself and say, okay, am I being congruent to my intentions? You know me, Charles, and I love asking questions. So throughout the day, I'm like, am I being congruent with my intentions that I said I was going to do today? I've just fucked off for the last hour and a half. And I said I was going to be present and productive today. And I was going to make a dent in this. So when I catch myself, then I'm able to redirect myself. Talk to us about ways that people can redirect themselves when they are stuck in that mindset of, of, of wanting to give up and wanting to go back to what's comfortable and what's certain. Well, you know, one, one issue that people have is the transition time. And when I say the transition time, it's you finish one task. Now it's time to start another. And the task that you're about to start, maybe you feel a little insecure about. So real quick, let me get on Facebook for a minute. Real quick, let me get a snack. And so the, the transition gets messed up, right? Oh, yeah. And so you end up spending more time than you should have. And then what do you do? Then you start beating yourself up. Well, it's already too late. This confirms that I'm a loser. This confirms that I'm unorganized. This confirms that I don't really want it. So if you just get in this cycle of self-judgment, when in reality, you have to turn off that emotion. I'm going to get up now and go do it. it and it's it's objective, right? So what you have to do, like, for example, running a mile, what do your emotions have to do with that? Just get out there and do it, right? And so you have to get in the habit of when you're transitioning from one thing to another, recognizing when that insecurity forms a barrier and then choose to break through that because you deserve it, because breaking through the barrier aligns with the life you're trying to build. And so stop being your own worst enemy. And, and when I say break through that barrier, people have always said it's easier said than done, to which I reply, I never said it was going to be easy. I just said you have to do it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the thing. People say, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard. I'm like, it's going to be hard, but it's going to be worth it. You know, when you think about that, when you think about anything that we've done in our life, yeah, it was challenging. But on the other side of that, what was that? The reward, risk, reward, right? And that's the thing I think I was talking with somebody the other day. I was being interviewed in Australia and they were asking me some sort of, I'm going to try to remember the question, but ultimately the, the crux of it was that um, it ultimately comes down to the way that we communicate with ourselves. Right. When we think about the words that we use with ourselves is really going to be, my opinion, dramatically impactful, either positively or negatively uh, in the in the outcome of what it is that we're focusing on. So for me, I really tend to choose my words very carefully now because I know that words have power. Talk to us about the, the power of the self-talk that we do with ourselves that potentially gets us in those situations. When, when I think about self-talk, I think about People have people have their habits, so they don't even realize what their self-talk is all about. Like if you could go back and count the number of times you insulted yourself, you'd be surprised. 
if you could count the number of times you complimented yourself, you'd be surprised. But if you feel worthless, then you don't even feel like you deserve those compliments. And so there's this cycle that you create with, you know, for yourself through your habits, this negative self-talk, this self-judgment, this insulting yourself. I tell people, if you have a hard time saying something nice to yourself, keep practicing. Every mistake that you make is confirmation that you're a human. That's all it is. That's the data. That's the information. And so get over it. Like, it, it, sounds, it sounds simple, but think about this. Who has the right to talk down to you and talk shit to you all day? Who has the right? Nobody. Not even. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah. Love you, honey. But no one does that more than you. Like, yep. no one insults me more than I insult myself. No one talks down to me more than I talk down to myself. So if I don't like being insulted, then why don't I stop? And the the thing is, you have to get to the point where you can do the hard things. We have to quit trying to find the safest, the safest or easiest method. You got to do the hard stuff. You got to look in the mirror and say, the reason why your business is failing is because you don't do anything. The reason you still have a gut is because you're going to start a diet tomorrow for the last 855 days. And so when you're honest with yourself and that conversation is hard, then having discipline gets easier because the pain of remaining the same grows and intensifies. Ooh, <clears throat> the pain of staying the same grows and intensifies. Yes. Pain versus pleasure. That's what uh, Tony Robbins talks, talks about <clears throat> that really ultimately we were talking about the other day. Somebody asked me if, um, if you have to, is it true that you have to hit rock bottom in order to change? I said, no, I said, you don't have to hit rock bottom, but a lot of people really do because they, they get in that creature comfort. They, they get ignorant to the reality of the situation. And a lot of people are into their short-term gratification. So they don't ever come up for air to realize that 20 years has gone by and their, their life is wasted. And I, I'm seeing a lot of people going through that, especially with COVID and everything else. But I'm finding my target client now is somebody who is considered comfortably miserable. They're like, they're okay. They're good enough. But now they're realizing like good enough sucks. You know, I don't want to be good enough. I want to be great. I want to be excellent. And so people are deciding now to raise the bar and raise their standards and change the language that they're using on themselves to be able to change the results that we're getting. Um, that's massively important. There's a book out there called what not to say when you talk to yourself or what to say when you talk to yourself. It was a great book for me because I didn't realize how much of that negativity, I didn't realize how much power was in the words like, Oh, there you go, Chris being stupid again. You know, you just think you're saying something like that. But when you, like you said, if you catch yourself and you counted how many times you say that stuff versus how many empowering things you say to yourself, that's where the juice is. That's where the juice is. Um, uh, I want to go back to Deborah's question up here. <clears throat> excuse me. She said, how about when friends and family are condescending about your choice vax or anything, and you care about what they say and it hurts you, but you stand by what your belief is. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to, you know, wanting people's judgments. What are your thoughts on that? Charleston? Um, again, it's, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Right. Um, you have, you have to stand by it. You have to make a choice. And so you have to tune out that noise, but here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. Sometimes we try to remove something from our lives, but we don't replace it. So we mm. leave a gap and there's an empty feeling. So I don't want to keep hearing you insult me. 
because it, it makes me feel horrible and it hurts my feelings. And so maybe I figure out a way to, to turn that off, right? I no longer care about what you have to say. Now there's a gap. So how can we fill that gap with empathy, with connection, with concern? People want to talk to you about your decisions. You shut that conversation down. You're just like, like if you called me to talk about that, you've got three seconds to change a conversation. Love it. And then what you can do is start your own conversations. When you call them and you say things like, hey, I saw it was Junior's birthday. What was it like? Or, hey, um, so this and this and this is going on. Can I get school pictures of your kid? Or what can I do for you? And when you step up and you start doing more things for these people and you elevate and enhance those relationships, they'll begin to realize that your value of loving your family hasn't changed. Your value of being honest hasn't changed. So your values, the core person that you are has not changed. And that core person loves them and values those relationships. And what you do is you put pressure on them to recognize that they've been treating you like shit and they should stop. Ooh, I love it. Put it back on them. I love that. Good job, man. I hope Deborah that answers your question. Thank you for the questions. By the way, guys, you can always ask us questions by all means. Deborah says here, she goes, every journey begins with the first step. Absolutely. And it's just deciding. It's just deciding today. I'm going to be a little bit better than I was yesterday. And tomorrow I'm going to be a little bit better than I was today. You know, I think about, there's a great book out there by Darren Hardy. I forget to quote it. Darren Hardy was the uh, editor for success magazine. And he wrote the book called the compound principle. And he talked about all those little bitty things that we do, all the little bitty shifts that we change, you know, and I tell people this, like, I'll ask people, you know, like, what's your hydration like? You know, how much water do you drink? Oh yeah, I don't drink enough water. I'm like, do you realize how much your body is water? Well, yeah, I know I probably should. Okay. Here's, here's a goal here, here, drink half your body weight in ounces of water every single day, get a little bit better sleep, eat a little bit better, um, get a little bit of exercise, maybe journal for five minutes. Oh, Chris, you're asking me to do so much. I'm like, no, I'm asking you to do a little bit of everything because all those little bitty steps are going to compound interest. You're going to start getting better sleep. You're going to start feeling better. You're going to start acting better. You're going to start having more things show up in your life. It's all, it's all a cycle. It's all about vibrational energy. It's about waking up and saying, I'm going to put myself first today. And I know Charleston, so many people out there have that difficulty. They, they think they have to put everybody else first before themselves. Let's talk about the, the definition of what selfish really is. Oh, man, you know, I'm gonna go back to your example where you say you tell someone drink more water, get better sleep, exercise, um, things like that. Right. And then the response is, oh, you're asking me to do so much. That's a selfish response. I'm asking you to live a better life. and You're telling me I'm asking you too much. Why are you not asking yourself this? Because the truth is. You deciding not to elevate your life is selfish because it's easy for you. And everybody that loves you and cares about you wants you to have a better life. So it's selfish not to elevate your happiness. It's selfish to stay miserable. It's selfish to stay comfortable in the suck when you know you can elevate it. It's selfish to let your insecurity win. Everyone that knows you and loves you wants you to be happy. They want you to live your best life, but they don't know how to make you do it. They can't do it for you. But when you begin to do it, when you make that decision, don't be surprised when they cheer for you. Mm. 
let's talk about that. That's a, that's a great point. I want to um, capture a couple of more comments and then I'm going to ask you a question about that. Matthew, what's up, Matthew? So thankful for you to be here, brother. Uh, appreciate you beginning the day with intention and purpose. It's been massive in my success, it's been massive in my success. If you guys haven't heard me say it before, before my eyes open, I say what I'm grateful for when I wake up in the morning. And then before my eyes open, I say what my intentions are. And when I go to sleep at night, I say what I'm grateful for out loud. I'm grateful for my my conversation with Charleston today. I'm grateful for my conversation with Walter today. I'm I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful I had another day. You know, you just, you, you surround yourself with the right inputs. And then it's amazing what changes in the outputs for you able, for you're able to be able to see things in that, that different light to be able to see things is not being selfish, but I look at it as like, okay, who's the person that you love the most in the world? Oh, I love my kid the most. I love my wife the most. I love my mom the most. I love my sister the most. Okay. So when they ask you to do something, what do you give them? Do you give them 5%? Do you give them 10%? Do you give them hundred percent? I give them hundred percent. I'm like, okay, you give them hundred percent. That's awesome. So you give them hundred percent of what? Oh, oh, I give them hundred percent of me. I'm like, Okay, so have you been putting yourself first? No. Okay, so what part of you? Where are you at? You're not 100%. So where are you at? You at 60%? You at 70%? They start putting things together and going, oh, I'm like, yeah, like to your point, Charles. And it's like, if you really cared about that person so much, you would take better care of yourself to be able to give better care to them. So there's really an ulterior motive. Half the time I find out when talking to people that they're doing it for that, that significance. They're doing that for a validation. They're doing that for, oh, I need to get, I need to get that little, you know, nugget of, of appreciation or whatever it is. But ultimately it really is about who we surround ourselves with the most, right? Talk to us about that because I know for me, when I hung around all my bros and all my homies and all the other stuff, oh, I got you back, dude. Da, da, da. When I told them when I was 17 years old, I was going to go back to school. Guess what? They said, what are you stupid? What the fuck are you going to do that for? Oh, Mr. Smarty Pants. I'm like, you guys are my bros. You guys are my brothers, but now you're, you're, you're trying to keep me stupid like you. Once I started getting around different people, no offense to them. They have to live their life. They're on their journey. Once I got around different people, a lot of things started shifting for me. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about being, being so loyal to people and being loyal to our brothers and our sisters, even our family. I mean, I've, I've, I wished my sister well back in 2005. Talk to us about the importance of being around the right people to have those right inputs. You know, part of it goes back to what you what you said earlier about about the vibrations and the energy, right? It's it's simple as that. When we are when we are around positivity, we will begin to emulate that. We will share in that energy, that vision, right? That effort. And when we are around failure, well, then we begin to emulate that. And the reason why is because we're we're social beings. We want companionship. We want to belong to a group. And sometimes being a part of a group that sucks is what you're used to and it's comfortable to you. And then you have to recognize, you have to be real with yourself and say, my comfort zone sucks and I don't even like it, but I'm scared to get out of it. And what you do is you don't sit there and judge yourself. You don't sit there and have all these negative thoughts about yourself. What you do is you just, there's so much stuff out there where you can just connect with people. Who, who has a positive mindset? Who is doing something that I would like to do? Let me just connect with them. And maybe it starts with just reading their content online. Then you comment a couple of times. Because when we're talking about changing your, your network or the people you hang around, we're not saying dump all the negative people and replace all of them tomorrow. Every aspect of improvement in your life is a process. And so you're not going to stop loving anybody. I love you, bro. But... When I'm out here trying to elevate my life, you come with me or I'll say hi when I come back and I don't know when that's going to be. Oh, I love that. Yeah. 
Mm. Love for you doesn't change, but my effort, my energy is going to change because I cannot hang around people who are where I'm trying to leave. Think about it physically. If you're if you're in a, a low income, impoverished area, you you want to leave. You love the people there, but you want to leave. You want to physically get out of there. The same goes with misery. Mm. If you want to get out of misery, get away from miserable people. Ooh, ooh. and don't be a miserable person <laughs> that people want people want you to get away from. It's a crazy, crazy, crazy man. We've already been talking for 48 minutes. Like the time with you always goes like fucking fast. It's crazy. I did a show not too long ago. I won't name the guest, but like 20 minutes into it, I was like, oh my God, there's still another 25 minutes to go. Um, I won't say who it was, but man, I appreciate you so much for being here. I want to capture a couple of these comments. Where can people continue the conversation with you? Because I know people are going to want to. Where can they continue the conversation with you? Well, um, the easiest ways really are, are LinkedIn and Instagram. Um, on LinkedIn, charleston-gains. And then on Instagram, it's at charleston-gains. It's just my name. Um, yeah, so, you know, DM me, let me know, and we'll talk, you know. And don't be shy. Ask me a direct question. There's there's no E in my name. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> there. See, that's all. That's all right. Block, block but, user. We'll fucking change that. That's funny. Normally I have this shit already done. Charleston. Yeah. So, so, I mean, just be direct, ask the questions. Let's have the conversation. And the thing about it is I love this. I love to help people. I'm available. Take advantage. Yes, yes, yes. Um, brother, I want to, what Deborah says here, she says, hang out with Christopher Roush and grow. Absolutely. Uh, Andrea, Andrea's in the house. She says, if you could give 100% to others, you can give a thousand percent to yourself. Ooh, a thousand percent. I don't know if we can do that, but absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it really is about being, it's just being aware, being aware, taking action, taking responsibility, deciding that, that you've had enough of, of where it is and being comfortably miserable and hoping, wishing and praying that someday things are going to change. Deborah says here, <clears throat> gratitude is a huge motivator because it magnifies the things that you value. It's so true. I've realized I was just talking with a buddy, uh, a new friend of mine tonight. <clears throat> and we were talking about our corporate careers and how much money we've made and ego and, and status and all this other stuff. And interestingly enough, we both just met. We both value freedom, um, time with our kids. You know, money is great and we appreciate it. But at the same time, it's about the moments, it's about the legacy. It's about the impact because we don't ever know when what it is that we're going to be going um, onto our next journey. So it's so important that we, we we cherish these moments right now. So I cherish my moments with you, Charles, and I appreciate you, brother, so much for being on here. I don't want to because uh, I know we could go on for another couple of hours and I always promise that I'll get the I'll get the show done over in an hour because I know a lot of people are on the East Coast. Uh, but man, thank you so much for being here. I'm going to stick you backstage in the green room. I'm going to finish out the show. Don't go anywhere. Um, we're going to be conversating in just a second. But ladies and gentlemen, Charleston Gaines on the Raw and Scripted Show, brother. Thank you so much for being here. Any final words before we go? Um, yeah, the, my final words are for everyone listening. You deserve to be happy. As simple as that. From the moment you were born to right now, you deserve to be happy. It's not something you earn. It's not something that you have to be awarded. You deserve it. And it's it's a process it's a journey to elevate your happiness it really is if you're unhappy but you're worth the work you are worth the work put in the work elevate your happiness because you deserve to be happy thank you chris for having me i appreciate you you're a beautiful human being don't go anywhere charleston Gaines, ladies and gentlemen i'm like i'm literally looking up the clock going is it maybe it's 31 we've already been talking for 50 minutes so if you guys found value in this which i'm sure you did 
please consider sharing this out and, and just don't just share it out, share it out with a message, share it out. Say, Hey, you know, Charleston said this and, you know, just share out a little bit so that people can get an idea of what it is that you're learning and what it is that you're doing on your journey to gain more uh, awareness in how to change what it is. that's not working for you. That's what we've been talking about tonight. And I appreciate all of you guys being here. Robert, uh, uh, Robert's here talking about jogging. Um, thank you so much buddy for being here. All you guys, <clears throat> Colleen's in the house. What's up, Colleen? Thank you for being here, sweetheart. You're amazing. You guys are all amazing. So this is really about, again, going back to the simplicity of this, it's about being aware. So you can ask yourself the question, am I happy in my life? Yes or no? No. Okay. What is it that I can take responsibility for now to change starting tomorrow that by doing so will incrementally change my unhappiness to be happy. So whether it's you're in a relationship, it's about being aware. Okay. If I'm in a relationship that makes me unhappy, then I need to take responsibility to communicate to that person, to let them know that I'm unhappy. I find that so many of you guys are out there. You want to complain about so many different things, but I ask you, have you told that person 70% of the people tell me, no, Oh, this, that they'll, they'll, they'll just defend They'll just do this. They'll just do this. They'll just do this. I'm like, well, you just go ahead and keep doing what you're doing. And I'm sure you'll continue getting the same results. Charleston said it. I've said it. Life is not easy. This, no, it's not easy. I've been to hell and back. I've had lots of scars, lots of opportunities. And I know that life is going to continue affording me opportunities to challenge myself. But when I look back and I think about my life, the times I grew the most we're in those dark, challenging times. We're in those times where I wanted to give up. We're in those times where I was just like, what's going to happen? And, and trying to figure out what's going to be next and having to trust that the journey is happening for me and not to me. Without those challenging times, without that perspective to see that life is happening for me and not to me, knowing right here on my tattoo, this is what doesn't kill me only makes me stronger. I tattooed it on my forearm, ladies and gentlemen, I'm living fucking proof. I put it on there. What does it kill me only makes me stronger because I have that perspective. I have that perspective because when I look back and I see all those challenges and I see where I've grown from, I can also take a look and see how many people I've helped through coaching, through speaking, through these shows, through my blogs, through everything that I've done based on those experiences. I'm so thankful for those experiences. I'm so thankful for those challenges. I'm so thankful that I had somebody or something to get me through those opportunities. So you got to think about who are, who are your five, who are the five people in your life? Who's your team? When you think about the acronym team, who's the person you trust? Who's the person that empowers you? Who's the person that holds you accountable? And who is your mentor? Who are those people? And those people, I've asked people that, that same question as well. And they're like, well, uh, one person is all of those people to me. That's a lot of pressure for one person. And that's just going to, that's not, that's not going to, that's not going to give you the results that you want. So put your team together, ladies and gentlemen, put your team together and decide that when you wake up tomorrow morning, that you're going to take action on just one aspect of your life that you want to change, whether it's your health, whether it's your relationships, whether it's your career, whether it's your finances, whether it's your eating, whatever, whatever it might be, just make a decision that tomorrow you're going to wake up with gratitude and intention that you get to focus on that. And I promise you, as you continue to focus on that, as you get people in your life that hold you accountable, that, that empower you, you will change. You will become stronger. That's why I'm a coach. That's what I do for a living is people come to me and they sit there and say, Hey, Chris, I'm comfortably miserable. I'm missing some aspects of my life, but I want to change that because I want to have a rock and kick ass life. What is it? And Charleston said it at the beginning, what are your values? You know, it's something, and I don't talk enough about it on the show. And actually I need to do this as well for myself. When's the last time we wrote down what it is that we really value and then put a check mark next to it when we're being congruent or incongruent to our values. Again, we have to ask ourselves those power and those power, those empowering questions to say, am I being congruent to my values right now? 
No. Okay. What can I take responsibility for right now to change that? You got to catch yourself in the act. You got to catch yourself in, in those moments. And <clears throat> most importantly, you have to have a big enough why. So you guys have heard me talk about it before. What's your eulogy? What's your legacy? What do you want to be remembered for? And wake up in the, wake up in the morning with that intention of fulfilling that legacy. Make this world a better place for who you are and what you do. You know, pour into your kids, create, create a foundation, create a nonprofit, create something that it gets you excited every single day to right a wrong that's going on in the world. Whatever's pissing you off, figure out a way to fix it and solve it. And I promise you, when you wake up and you have that gratitude, you have that intention, you have that excitement, you have the team building around you, you have your why, and you have the decision in your mind that you're going to be disciplined with your actions. You're going to keep promises to yourself and you're going to hydrate and you're going to do all these different things. Tell me that your life wouldn't be better. Tell me, I dare you type it in the comments. My life would not be better if I did all those little bitty things, all those little bitty components. But here's the deal. You have to cut off from the short-term gratifications. You got to cut off from spending two hours on Netflix and binge watching this shit and doing this and, and doing whatever it is. You have to focus on your life. This is your life, ladies and gentlemen, this is your life. And there is no guarantee for tomorrow. There's no guarantee for the next 10 minutes. So why not have sincere gratitude for every single breath that you get to take for every single moment you get to have with your family. As soon as I'm done with this broadcast, I'm going downstairs and having dinner with my family. I'm going to be in dad mode. I'm gonna give my son a bath. We're going to have stories. We're going to play. I'm so grateful for those moments because I know that people have not woken up from their, from, from sleep last night, they died and they didn't get to have, they don't get to have those moments with their kids anymore. Cherish your moments, ladies and gentlemen, Cher cherish the ability that you get to change what's not working for you and that you get to be responsible for your life. You don't have to blame anybody else anymore. Today is the day you take responsibility and you start putting things into action because I promise you six months down the road, you're gonna look back and you're gonna be so grateful that on October 26, after watching the Ron and Scripted Show with Christopher and Charleston, you're gonna be so grateful, six months. Give it, give it. I love you guys, I love you guys. Um, let me see if there's any other questions up here, anything, I just wanna recognize you guys. Uh, Deborah says here, I shared on three of my Facebook groups, value, 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 thank you. Thank you, Deborah. I appreciate you so much, I really, really do. Um, Robert says here, I enjoyed Charleston. Uh, when he was a guest recently, it was a treat to see him uh, just at the right time. I believe Robert was talking about the fact that Charleston was on the uh, Unfiltered Experience, my Friday night show as well, with my buddy Scott Goyette. Andrea says, it is the challenges that make us grow. So true, so true, so true. Um, Deborah says here again, if you don't like the view, change your paradigm. You're a smart lady, Deborah. I appreciate you guys. Um, so with that, with two seconds or two minutes left, um, guys, be the change you want to see. If you have never had a complimentary coaching session with me, reach out. I'll send you the link. We'll have a conversation. Uh, I've got the group coaching starting on January 11th. Uh, so if you're interested in that, let me know. I realize I should talk about these things before it's like the end of the show, but um, I love you guys. I know you're still here and I just appreciate each and every one of you. We're going to be back again next Tuesday with another amazing guest. I love you guys. Go out there, be kick-ass unstoppable. And I love you guys. Peace.